On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, I've got Emily Nelson. And we didn't really know. Like, we feel like we're, we've just been growing at like this, you know, snail's pace. And then they stop and they say, what? You, in four years, you have what? How many instructors? And they're like, that's incredible. And we're like, really? You know, because we've just been like grassroots, literally, social media, as marketing, you know, since the beginning. I mean, now we've kind of taken some bigger scales. But honestly, like, I think the biggest thing is. Emily, thanks for making time. Thank you for having me. So for people who don't know what high fitness is, can you give us the elevator pitch? (laughs) Yes, we got it. So basically what we've done is we are of a uh, group fitness format that has taken old school aerobics and brought it back bigger, better, and higher. We've taken it and made it modern. So basically you have an hour of kick butt cardio mixed with toning moves all set to fun music that you know and love. Um, And can you talk about this idea of um, you know, as, as fun as it is intense. Yeah. So basically when Amber Zenith, my business partner and I decided to create high fitness, we wanted to create a class that was as fun as it was intense. So we, I mean, I've taught every format out there. You ask their old school step, you know, all the Les Mills formats, Zumba, all that. And as well as Amber and she actually began as a yoga instructor, which is, we always laugh because she's the opposite of a yoga instructor. Um, so we, we kept saying, okay, we want a class that is super intense because let's be honest, if you have a, an hour of your day to give to fitness, you got to get it in, right? Especially as moms, busy professionals, you don't have more time than that. So if you're going to take an hour, you want to get your butt kicked. And what we also found is that people like to be pushed as much as sometimes it scares people away to think like being pushed. We found that People love that feeling, that endorphins, that high feeling when they're pushed. So we created a class that was super intense, but you're not going to get people to stick with it unless you have that fun factor. So that was our goal going into it, to create a class that was as intense as it was fun. And I think if you asked anyone who loves high fitness, they would 100% wholeheartedly agree that that's kind of what what happens. Halfway through, you kind of want to kill your teacher. And then once you're done, you're like, that was so fun. When are we going again? (laughs) So... It's it's the it's the best of both worlds. Sure, well, and and um, it's obviously resonated with folks. Can you talk about you know starting the business? You know, it's only been three years and something, and and now you've got you know two thousand trained folks all over the place. Yeah. So um, so we wanted to create a community, um, a place where people were motivated to feel good about themselves. We we kind of were the anti exercise culture, which sounds weird because you know, we're exercise addicts, but, um, just within social media these days, um, it's just been so, so much, you just see so many images of, you know, ab shots and different things that really just make you feel bad about yourself. And that shouldn't be the way it is, especially, you know, there's so many amazing people out there. So we wanted to do something that focused on the change from the inside out. Um, 
people going off migraine medications, people coming out of postpartum depression. Um, right now we have a hashtag going around, hashtag why I high. And if you read through it, I there are people on there that say how much weight they've lost, but that is a after note. And that's what makes us so happy to see this is because people have become addicted. Like we say, get addicted to fitness, playing off the the high name yeah. um, and get addicted to fitness. And people will be like, I thought you were joking, but I'm really addicted. And where we believe that addiction comes from is, is when you go and you challenge yourself, whatever level that is, we have, we have levels from low intensity to high intensity where instructors show options, but wherever you, your max pushes at, when you do that to your body and you get those endorphins going, you want to keep doing it because it feels good. It clears the fog in your mind. It makes your body feel stronger. All those things are what make people come back and become addicted. But also we are huge believers of that group fitness um, phenomenon is that people all coming together from different walks of life. I mean, you don't even know the struggles the person next to you in class is going with, but you become friends with these people. You smile, you say, hi. I mean, people have become friends that never would have met each other. And it's that group fitness format where you're kind of all there to become the best version of yourself. And that's why we truly believe that it's taken off. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. you think about like the holy grail of marketing books is actually differentiating instead of just claiming you're different than the competition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you definitely have this passion in your voice about like, it's not <laughs> just about having great abs and it's not about, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just about comparison and having people feel bad about themselves. Um, can you, can you talk about just any success stories of like people from the classes that are not your traditional fitness story that have really resonated with you personally? Um, yeah, I mean, there are so many, but just pulling out of the, the back of my head right now, someone who really sticks out to me. Um, one of my favorite participants, her name's Katie and, um, she had never been into fitness, um, felt overweight, all those things. She came into class, but from the first time she came into class, she was on the back row, right? People who are new always start on the back row. It's like a given, which I always wish they would start on the front row because in the back row, you can't see what's going on. So I'm always like, no, new people, but that's where they feel comfortable. But I can tell you, I've never seen someone with a smile like that. Even on the back row, first time, she gave me a smile that like made me feel like the best person in the world. I still remember it. And each class, you know, she'd start to inch a little farther forward, a little farther forward, gaining that confidence. And, um, and she, she would tell you that she's, she's lost weight. She's never felt better. Things like that. She's not the typical fitness person that walks in, but I can deeply remember the one time she messaged me after class and she said, I want to do a burpee, but I'm scared. And I don't know how to, I, I don't know where to start. And I said, how about don't try to do all the burpees? How about you do one burpee for my every four? Because the burpees that we do are during cardio tracks, so they're a bit fast, right? And I said, instead of doing the option, she wanted to actually do a burpee. I said, how about you do one burpee for my every four? And I, I can tell you the next class, she went down, she did it, and she looked up, and no one in the rest of the class knew, but we smiled at each other, right? We gave each other that look because that that was a that was a milestone for her. And she's only gotten stronger, and she's getting off the ground and those things, but that, that to me, that's a success story because she's getting stronger both mentally and physically when you, you have the, you gain confidence when you hit those kind of, what do you call them? Non-scale victories is what we like to say, right? It's not necessarily that, but you're getting stronger, getting fitter. You're doing something you never thought you could do. So that's one of my favorites. Um, other ones that I've had, um, uh, we've had people who have had like severe postpartum depression, just kind of felt like they, 
they didn't know what they were going to do, you know, things like that. And someone in, invited them to a class. They just didn't feel like themselves after having children or a baby and um, came to a class. And they, they said to us, I felt alive for the first time. And like to me, like a lot of times Amber and I were like, what are we doing? Because we are two moms with no business degrees, no web savvy skills who created, you know, self-funded and e-commerce subscription based business from the ground up. We taught classes like to pay off the website, right? Like this is how we self-funded this and now it's grown, you know, quite large in the last four years. And this is only the beginning for us. So this is the very beginning of us. We have a lot to grow, but sometimes we get a little, you know, frustrated, like, what are we doing? And it's so hard being a full-time mom and a full-time business owner. And then we hear a story like that. Like I felt alive for the first time you changed my life, you know, got me out of this slump. And those for us, like those emails, those messages on Instagram are literally like what keeps us going on a daily basis. So I love it because (laughs) again, back to all the marketing books, I'm a real audiobook nerd. And they're always talking about like, trying to connect with your customers at a deeper human level and like having genuine relationships with your customers. Right. And Mm -hmm. I like that it's the other way around that it's the customers that are keeping Mm -hmm. you going. That's great. Yeah. And I, I do believe like, although, you know, we used to certify like every person, right. Amber and I were traveling all over. We're certifying where now I don't get to meet those people as much. I don't do the certifications. We have a team of gurus is what we call them who are our master trainers who go out and certify these people. So I don't get to, know them like on a true basis, like I used to in the beginning. But what I love is even as it's grown, Amber and I have truly stayed true to ourselves and who we are and what our vision for the company is. And we do love to connect with our people. And I think that's important. Even as we grow bigger, we want to be be available to people to connect on social media, to connect to, to know that we truly are still in it. We're still teaching classes all the time, even though we're running it from a management level, we're still teaching classes. We are on the ground floor just like they are. So we know what it's like to teach a class. I just taught a class for nine months while being pregnant. And now I have other instructors teaching and I can be like, it is so hard. Like, you know, like I'm, we're, we're there just like them. And I think that really helps um, people feel, feel important and validated in, in, in becoming a high instructor or even a participant. Yeah. Can you talk about this? There's, there's obviously so many options in the fitness space and there's the, mm-hmm. there's the big names, the CrossFits, the, you know, you were talking mm-hmm. about Zumba before, you know, these different things, right? Can you talk about, you know, not just getting a handful of other instructors out there, but now as you're getting into, you know, crossing over the 2000 mark, mm-hmm. um, just advice you have for other CEOs who are looking for that kind of scale, looking to really, really expand? Yeah, like so when this last year we just started going to um conventions. So we're like this weekend I'm actually headed to Boston um to do a Mania. It's SCW Mania convention. And we didn't really know, like we feel like we're we've just been growing at like this, you know, snail's pace. And then they stop and they say, What? You in four years you have what? How many instructors? And they're like, That's incredible. And we're like, Really? You know, because we've just been like grassroots, literally social media as marketing, you know, since the beginning. I mean, now we've kind of taken some bigger scales, but honestly, like, I think the biggest thing is, is for, for Amber and I, we had a vision from the very beginning. If you talk to us in September of 2014, when we both started teaching classes on our own, we were the only two, we had the exact same vision of what we wanted in the company of what it is today. And we have not faltered from that. We also have a mutual, um, people always said, you know, 50, 50 partnerships always go bad, which, you know, we're, I know we're only four years in and whatnot, but 
we have a mutual respect for each other. And we also, we have, you know, ways of making decisions and things that are put in place that, but we have a mutual respect and love and we have the same vision. And when you have the same vision or say you're a new young entrepreneur and you have um, a vision, like make sure you know what it is and just go after it. And we had so many naysayers, like people think we didn't because we do have a very supportive community, but we had people tell us we, we weren't qualified enough or you can't do that name. It's too risky, which has been our, you know, we had marketing techniques that were, um, were contrary to what people thought we should be doing, but we stayed true to what we believed we wanted our company, you know, image and brand to be. And it has, has literally proven to be our most successful part of it. So, um, my advice is don't let people tell you, you can't, um, don't let, your education, whatever limitations, if you have family support and you have a vision, then go after it and stay true to who you are. That's, that's the biggest thing. Stay true to who you are. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I've started like, I think 12 different companies and most of them were total catastrophes, but a couple of them <laughs> made a lot of money. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have two different partners. One, one I had, for, he started out as my mentor and then became my partner. And we did stuff together for like 12 years straight. And we cycled through some other partners in that time. Like I've definitely been a part of the partnerships that didn't pan out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, and then my, uh, you know, the other one of like, I doubled down with, they say, don't do business in partnerships and don't do business with, with uh, family, right? Yeah. And my brother and I have been running companies together. And we started a charity called Child Rescue that combats child trafficking. Mm -hmm. um, with our wives. And this has got to be like, uh, yeah, this has got to be like our 13th year of running stuff together. And mm -hmm. we have a, we have what we call brother talk. Where we kind yeah. of like get, yell at each other a bit every once in a while. Right. Yeah. But besides that, um, it really can be amazing, but, uh, I fully agree with you about the alignment of the, like, I think about how many other partners didn't pan out. And it's really been about that, like, you know, deep commitment on what are we building together? Like, what is like an extremely common goal, right? Yeah. But, but the other side of like the, that respect you were talking about of like, I know both John and Nick would be willing to pay my mortgage before they paid theirs. Yeah. And, and, and they know, and so, and it's so reciprocal, like it invites the same thing back. Right. And yeah. so we had other partners at times where it was about the deal. It was about the money and none of yeah. those panned out, but it's like when we have like that super high respect level and like commitment to each other, whether the money shows up or not, that's, that's like, you know, in marriage, they say you can't do 50, 50, you have to do a hundred, a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I felt like with both John and Nick anyway. Oh yeah. It's, it's like a marriage for sure. 100%. And I also, yeah, it's like, we, we've been through this with no money for so long. You know what I mean? Like we, mm -hmm that it's like we've driven straight on passion that now like the money is just a side note of like, Oh, really? Really? We get a paycheck. Wow. That's like a bonus to like, because we truly care about the product more than anything. And we care about each other more than, you know, even yeah. Making deals or the deal, like you said. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. But, but yeah, you also what's really, um, this may seem contrary cause you're with your brother, but we are like polar opposites. Like we have the same vision, but we're very different people. And I believe that really helps us, especially as women, because I think women can be, you know, like competitive or hurt feelings or whatever, but we're like so different that we're like, good for you or good, you know, because 
we, we build each other up. And like you said, I love that mortgage. Like we'd be the same way. Like if she was struggling, I'd be there in a minute, but, um, it's, it's good. We call it our yin and yang, but together we make this, these great decisions because we're so different that we have these different point of views and everything that all lead us to the same goal. Yeah. You know, you've brought up a few times about, about not having a school background or not having these different um, things that society has told you, you shoulds, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting to me how glamorous getting venture capital is these days. Oh, we got this much in funding. You know, yeah. like that's the finish line instead of the starting line, right? Yeah, yeah. And yet you look, I mean, you and I are both uh, formerly lived in Alberta and both living in Utah, which is kind of funny. But yeah. um, you look here just in the last year, you know, um, you've got these guys who bootstrapped for years before they ever expanded with outside capital, you know, uh, up by you in Davis County, uh, plural site, you know, they didn't take any outside oh, yeah. money for the first 10 years. And then this year they went public for $3 billion or Qualtrics down in, in uh, yeah. the Provo Orem area, wherever they're at, Lehigh. Yeah. And I think same thing, didn't take any outside capital for 10 or 11 or 12 years, something like that. And then, you know, what, whatever it was two weeks ago when they were about yeah, to go they public, sold. They, sold to, they sold to SAP instead for $8 billion, right? Yeah. And uh, I think that it's like, anyways, I'm such a fan of bootstrapping. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we've been in the finance world and the investment space for years, and there's certainly businesses where you literally can't do it without outside capital. But I think there's a lot of other folks who they, they just tell themselves they can't do with outside capital. And instead of trying to bootstrap, they, they go get the investor dollars and then they don't really own as much of the company and they don't really get to set the direction. And uh, in some ways, they kind of mortgage their future unnecessarily, it feels like. Yeah, I know. We've, we've definitely, um, we were filling out an application for, you know, the EOY Entrepreneur of the Year last year. And she was doing up in Calgary and I was doing it here in Utah. And we didn't expect to win. It was our first year. We were just doing it for the experience. But when we were filling out, she was in an interview and they said, so what would happen if it all ended? And we, and we both looked at each other and we're like, nothing. Like we don't have like, yes, it would be sad and people would be sad, but like, we don't have like all this invested where like our whole lives would come crashing down. Right. Like we've been smart about just, we self-funded it. Like we said, from the very beginning and now here we are. And I, I thought that was like, I mean, we, we were like, wow, that's really cool to see that like it literally could all end to tomorrow and we would be fine. And there's something to say about that. Yeah, I love it. Well, uh, listen, we're about done with, with the first half of the interview here, part one. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my favorite questions is uh, if you could go back and give some advice to a younger version of yourself, what would you tell yourself? Oh, geez. Ah, geez, you put me on the spot here. Um, well, maybe I would tell her to get a business degree. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, ah, uh, I would say, um, a younger version of myself, I, it's hard because I don't regret any of my life. So, but I would tell her just to, to live in the moment a little bit more and in, enjoy all the opportunities that, sh that I've had, because all those opportunities and those jobs led me to where I am today. And I think sometimes trudging through certain jobs or when I was getting my degree at BYU, um, you know, things like that, it was hard and I went through some trials, but I would say like live in the moment and know that every experience you're in is all for good. I, I, I still could say that to myself right now though, to live a little more in the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> sure. Love it. Okay, great. Everybody please uh, tune back in for part two of our interview with Emily. Well, that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about, if you'll remember the guys from convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken free and 
Trent Mano. I went on one of their CEO trips to New York and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He was former CEO of Jive Communications, big uh, company now, I think three or $400 million. Anyways, he, uh, he started a new company called blipbillboards.com. I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I, I remember a year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard um, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like 10 or 20 cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run. And it just puts so much power in the hands of, of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different states because we have these guys as sponsors. We're pretty excited about it. Hope you check out blipbillboards.com. Thanks. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, the moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.